Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You, we love you. Happy Mother's Day. It's a special day, and um, we want to always celebrate moms. The question is always, you know, what do you, what do you do as a church on Sunday for mothers? You know, you give you a rose or something like that, and we certainly could do that if we were more intelligent. <laughs> but we are glad that you're here, and every year this time, uh, it becomes more and more special to me. Um, I lost my mother, at least mentally, about three years ago. Uh, She's still physically alive, but she's not mentally here. And, you know, you just become more and more appreciative when you've lost something. And fortunately, she is still here, and uh, I'll go see her today, and she won't have a clue. But I will, and uh, because she's still my mom. And uh, it is a day that we do want to to celebrate you. I want to read a few things to you before we do. These are... Memories that several people have written about their mother. And it says, uh, one says, My mom had a great sense of humor and a knack for making everything fun. One thing that resonated me with me, even as a small child, was how much she seemed to enjoy her own company and found ways to entertain herself. As a kid, I remember her giggling while paying the bills. <laughs> what was so funny about paying the bills? She would put humorous notes in the reference section of the check. For the electric bill, she might put, you light up my life. (laughs) And for the mortgage, she'd write, four shingles closer to owning it all. (laughs) That was just one person's story. Another one says, uh, coming home from work one day, I, I found my mom dancing to Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. (laughs) You're special, moms. I watched, enthralled as she moved and sang along, her hips twisting to the beat, big smile plastered on her face. It had been a long while since I'd seen her dance, so this display of pure joy was infectious. She died unexpectedly in her sleep a few weeks later. I have many memories of her that I'll always cherish, but none quite as happy and carefree as her dance that day. It's definitely the simple things. Thanks, Robert Palmer. You know, <laughs> we all have special memories of our moms. And, you know, some of you, it saddens me to, to know that uh, this, this day is not always that wonderful for you. Uh, maybe your mother wasn't there for you. And maybe you were even given up uh, for adoption and, but, you know, the beautiful thing is that that adoptive family may have meant the world to you, and then maybe, maybe it was a tough time. Uh, I want to be very sensitive to all of you who were, you look back, and you, you know, you have those moments where you remember great things, and then some of you have moments you go, my, my mother wasn't there for me, and I never knew my mother, whatever the case may be. Um, today, hopefully, will be a redemptive day as you process this day, and you look around, and there are families that will go out to eat together, and their mother will be the center of their focus. And, and then there will be those, like myself, who uh, there's just no mother there. And, uh, but I do have fond memories. I, some of them are not when she took the belt out. 
Uh, you know, I mean, I remember her, you know, when we got older, she, she would threaten us and we'd laugh. And then she would say, she was smart, well, I'll wait till your dad gets home. We knew that was over then, you know. <laughs> My mother got smarter and smarter as we got smart aleck and smart aleck. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, I, the Bible says if, if you spare the rod, you hate your child. Not spoil them, you hate them. Well, let me tell you, my parents loved me greatly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's hard being a parent. I think probably more than ever, it's probably more difficult being a mother. Uh, you know, you, 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 your body takes on different shapes. And, men, it's not wisdom to talk about those shapes, by the way. <laughs> it's, uh, if she asks you if she looks large, say, honey, you're looking skinnier every day. I don't know how you do it. I believe, I believe there's such a thing called the Rahab lie, which is acceptable to God. I, I just do. Rahab lied and God delivered her whole family. I believe when a woman asks, does this make me look fat? You just absolutely say, absolutely not, honey. You are so slim, I just can't hardly see you when you turn sideways. But today, moms, you are very special. And honestly, as a man, there's not a chance I would ever get pregnant thinking that something that large was going to come out of something that small. There's not a chance that would ever, ever, ever happen. And when I saw the first baby delivered, I thought, I will never get mad at my wife again because she could kill me. <laughs> you are the toughest, most resilient people on earth. And we applaud you. So if you would... All of you moms, I want to ask you to stand. Listen, before you stand, those of you that are seated, I better have an ovation for these mothers like never before. Don't you sit there and give me a golf clap. These women push watermelons out. I mean, we're talking, this is important. So moms, would you stand and everybody else, would you just come on. Come on, moms. Come on, church. Moms, go ahead and help yourself. That's what you have to do half the time anyway. You're awesome. I am so grateful for you, for without you, I would not be here today. And men go, well, without me, oh, come on, you had little to do with it. You made a deposit, they made the return. Figure that one out, all right? Welcome to Mosaic Church, where anything can happen. I regularly say things that on Monday scare me to death. The devil always reminds me of those things that I say. You really said that? Yes, I did. I believe in grace like nobody else. I'm going to tell you right now, I need it. I'm, I do. We're going to today talk about three things. We're going to talk about a husband... A husband's response to Mother's Day, child's response to Mother's Day, and a mother's response to this special day. Um, it is so very, very important that we understand the power of the influence that you have. You have nine months ahead start on fathers. You're carrying this human being around all the time. They're listening to you. They're, they're feeling your emotions. You're giving shape to the most precious thing that even ever exists, which is a person. 
And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul's writing to Timothy. And I find this very, very uh, important and, and unique. Uh, and I'm a little bothered by it. I'm often bothered by the Bible, just to be honest with you. I don't like a lot of it because it challenges my humanity and my obedience. And it challenges a lot of things. And this challenges me as well. And mothers, this will tell you how important you are. Paul tells Timothy, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Isn't it interesting that the Apostle Paul addresses Timothy and says, I know what gave shape to your faith. I know who gave shape. To your faith. And mothers, you've given shape to a lot more than you probably could ever, ever imagine. And we applaud you for the sacrifices that you've made. Uh, your stretch marks are probably the most beautiful thing on your body, not show and tell time. But I have no idea how this works. When I look at a woman, you remember those Jiffy Pop popcorn things you used to? That's kind of what it reminds me of. <laughs> Whoop! That'll be a question on Monday morning. So, mothers, I'm going to start with husbands it's always the best place to start get them in line everything else is going to be fine you know the, the difficulty is when we when you start having kids that is a challenge it really challenges all of us and there was a couple that just could hardly stand the challenge and they decided that they were going to divorce and uh, they both wanted the child that was very special to them but they would both have to appear before the judge to determine who would have the right to the child. So the woman was going to be first to argue her case. And she went before the judge. And she said, Judge, you know, I, as a mother, i got to tell you, it was tough. You know, I, I had this really fit body. And over a period of nine months, it wasn't looking so fit anymore. And I, I had to carry this child through the heat of the summer and it was difficult and my back hurt and the pains and sufferings and the scars that are left as a result of having this child and the painful painful delivery I I just feel like this child should be mine well it was a compelling uh, argument to, to to the judge and, and it impressed him he was very very impressed with with what she had to say and then it was the husband's turn he said okay as only a man can do. I take a coin, I put it in the drink machine, and a drink comes out. Now tell me, who does the drink belong to, me or the machine? You're slower than the 930 crowd. Don't get mad at me, pray for me. Some of you I know will play that one. 
I love you too. Every now and then, no, pretty much all the time, laughter is good medicine. Some of you got it, and others will be talking about it over dinner, going, what, what do you think he meant by that? Get the notes. All right, so anyway, a husband may have one of the most difficult jobs externally, relationally, according to the Bible. Now, please understand, in a world that has wrestled with gender equality, and I believe that men and women in every way spiritually are exactly the same, that, that God loves us all exactly the same, and that in the eyes of God, there is 110% equality vertically between, between God and man. And yet, for some reason, horizontally, in our relationship, we are very, very, very different. And God made provision for those differences. He really did. And, and the battle nowadays is that who does what in the family? Now, we all know uh, that if you're a baby boomer, uh, you're not a millennial, that things were very different in our upbringing. Uh, my mother, for the first years of my life, uh, was home with us. Um, my dad worked two jobs. He worked 16 hours a day. And, and it was very different. Now, please hear what I'm saying. I do not believe that there's anything wrong with moms working. I don't believe there's anything wrong with you choosing how you want to have your family. I really don't. But as we have evolved into this place of, of determining what we're going to do in marriage, in our lives, and with our families, the struggle has, uh, I think, uh, been misunderstood. And, and I, I think the, the struggles that we, we've had is the, the battle for uh, being in charge, if you will. And the reality is God's really in charge. And, and you know, I, I heard it for years, you know, the man is the head of the wife, and, you know, and men argue for that, and and they forget who the neck is. The woman is the neck that turns the head. And so we boast of being, I'm the head, I'm in charge. And, and you know, we try to play that card when in reality, it's quite the opposite of how God really made it to be. I want us to look in our Bibles at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. And please understand, I believe a man is called to lay his life down. For his house, for his spouse, and for his children. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's not participating in making the family what it is supposed to be. It just simply means that we all have to identify our roles and our positions. And the reason I believe that God did this is because he wanted us to focus on what that responsibility was in regards, with regards to our relationship with one another. And we have to seek very carefully what that looks like because God never called any of us to lord over another human being. That is not what we're supposed to do. And men, on Mother's Day, maybe this will change everything for you and your relationship with your spouse. And uh, I've got to tell you, I grew up a baby boomer, and I don't think I grew up with the right understanding of what it meant to have a relationship with a spouse. My dad was great, great man. Uh, he lived his life the way he had learned to live, and he and my mother had a working relationship. 
uh, looking back on that relationship, I can see that, that God wanted better things for the next generation. And I think my parents would agree as I saw them grow older together. Now, over 60 years of marriage, I watched my father change to become the man that I think is the biblical man. And it says, and you husbands must love your wives with the same love as Christ showed the church. That's a tall order right there, guys. To love your wife with the same love that Christ showed to the church. Think about that love for a moment. A man that could have called down legions of angels to strike down those who would crucify him. A man who could have stopped any attack or assault on his person with simple word. And yet he showed us that love is the thing that never fails. Not wisdom, not intelligence, not skills, not talent. But love would be the thing that would never fail. So if you fail to do anything, please don't fail to love. Stated many times that I have failed miserably publicly and around the world. And when I came back to this city to face my failings, there was one thing I knew that I could do, that I am a man that is fully flawed, capable of making more mistakes than you could ever count. And there was one thing that God said that you can do that will never fail, and that is love people. And we are going to love people at Mosaic Church. I had failed in so many different ways, as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as a pastor. And it would be very easy for me today to stand up here and focus on all of my failures with one exception. I found the love of God to never fail me. And that love will change your life and it will change the lives of all people around you. When you want to beat the snot out of them, think again. Because that's, I'm sure, what Jesus is thinking. And yet going, I could do this, but I'm not going to. Husbands, love your wives with the same love Christ showed the church. He gave up his life. For her, to make her holy and clean, washed by baptism in God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man is actually loving himself when he loves his wife. Positionally, men... You're not called to love every woman the way you love your wife. There's not a generic love that you, your spouse looks at you and says, Well, I love you just like I love everybody else. I don't love you more than anybody else. And I don't love anybody else more than you. That's not what the Bible states. The Bible states very specifically that there is a unique love relationship between a man and his wife. And it doesn't tell you, husbands, to lay your life down for another woman. It tells you to lay your life down for your wife. You are called to have a unique positional love for your spouse. That's in the Bible. And that you're not having to lay your life down for everybody, though there may be a time that God moves you to operate or function sacrificially for another human being. But in today, we're talking about how to treat the mother of your children. And that it's a very unique love. That there are times that you could lord over her physically. Because in that way men are 
oftentimes more physical than women. It's the way we were made. And in this society, you notice I hesitate as I say this. Because women, there's, let me tell you, if, if I was a woman, I would make you open doors for me. If there was a burglar in the house, honey, I'll be in bed. Go take care of the business. I would be a lady of ladies. I don't want to fight those things. I, I would do pedicures and manicures. I do that anyway. But anyway, it's the estrogen in me. Uh, you know, we all have a little bit of it. But I, I would want to be treated like a lady. I just would. And, and you know, ladies, some of y'all, you don't let your husband do those things for you. Stop. Let him do it. Make him do it. Require that it's done. I took my daughter, my 18-year-old, I have five children. I'm going to tell you, when you have two girls, you'll become a better husband. I'll beat the snot out of any of my sons-in-laws who mistreat my daughters. I will, and then I'll ask for forgiveness. <laughs> and if I can't beat him up, I'll shoot him in the kneecaps. <laughs> Welcome to Mosaic Church. Once again, you better treat my daughters well. And with that said, doesn't it kind of come back to us saying, I better treat my father-in-law's daughter well? It always comes back home. He lifts his wife up. 1 Peter 3, 7, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Even if she doesn't deserve it. That's my translation. I, I think that was how it was going to finish. I think that's what it means. You don't give honor because honor is due. You give honor because it's biblical. You know, you, they, the old saying, give honor to whom honor is due. None of us are due honor, really. Honor is a gift. It's not something earned or deserved. It's like salvation. I don't deserve salvation, but I got it. You don't deserve honor. I don't deserve honor, but we give it as a gift. And boy, we hate to hear this because I, I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of things. And you know what? If when you start honoring someone, it's one of the closest things you can do to, to, to being like God. God honored us with his son. God honored us with his presence. God honored us with salvation. That's how we're to treat people. Beginning with our family, men, beginning with your wife. Honor her. Treat her with understanding as you live together. It says treat her with understanding. It doesn't say you'll understand. <laughs> there ain't no way we're ever going to understand each other. It's, it's just it's not going to happen. You, the genders are different. God did this as a test. You mean it's not going to get better? That depends on you. Just love. Treat her with understanding. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. If you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not be heard. This would be on my refrigerator. If I was a lady, I'd be all up in your business. Well, you ain't, God ain't hearing your prayers? You ain't treating me right. And he's going to keep a deaf ear if you keep this business up. 
Oh, if I was a woman, I'd play this card. This would be on the bathroom mirror. It'd be on the refrigerator. I'd have a freaking license plate made out of this. <laughs> yeah, women, play this card all day long. Say, hey, hey, you want God to listen to you? You better treat me with understanding, pilgrim. I'm helping you today, moms. I am helping you today. He not only lifts his wife up, he helps his wife out. Helping your wife out is not lifting your legs so she can vacuum under your feet. Man, I'm going to tell you, vacuum cleaners are heavy. Have you noticed that? Some of you men ain't ever touched one. You better start pushing one because she's going to get strong and slap you silly. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're heavy, aren't they, women? I have to vacuum my own house now and make my own bed. Jesus, help this man. I get that vacuum cleaner. It takes off every now and then. It's one of those self-propelled. It's hard to handle. That's how come my floors are dirty a lot. <laughs> I'm afraid of my vacuum cleaner. I have respect for it. I look at it and I say, treat me well when I plug it in. <laughs> the love behind a gift is more important than the gift itself. The person who has learned this will not be frustrated because his gift is small. Like the husband who wrote the following lament to his wife on Mother's Day. M is for the mink coat you want, dear. O is for the opal ring that you crave. T is for the tiny car you'd love, my sweet. H is for the hat that makes you rave. E is for the earrings you'd admire and love. R is for the rug on which you tread. Put them all together, they spell bankrupt. So I'm giving you this handkerchief instead. Men, I just helped you out. <laughs> Secondly, a child's response. And let me say this. Um, you can be 60 and still be the child of your parents. You never have a right to dishonor your father or your mother. You may think you're smarter than them, and you may be. You may be more educated than them. But you have not lived more years than them. And they are the reason you're in this world. Children, Ephesians 6, 1. Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. <clears throat> How many of you know that's, <clears throat> that's pretty clear? Children, obey your parents. Now, I honor and will honor my mother today with her dementia, not knowing who I am. I will always honor my mother. Not because she would always necessarily deserve it, though I am very blessed and fortunate to have had a great mom. Maybe you haven't been that fortunate, and I, I do feel for you. And you feel like that because your mother did not perform well, that you don't need to honor her. But this is not about performance, folks. This is about position. Uh, your mother still exercises a position of authority. Not over your life, but in your life. You are your own person. You have to make your own decisions. However, at no point in time does the Bible ever say you can stop honoring your mother and father when you turn 18. 
when you turn 21. Or when they're, they're not good, that you don't honor them. It doesn't mean that you condone their behavior or endorse their behavior. Nor are you to subject yourself to abuse. That's not what I'm talking about. But most often, it's not the abuse that separates us. It's the difference of opinion. The difference of desire. The difference of what we want to do versus they, what they want us to do. And that we can still honor someone in the midst of our disagreements. We can still respect someone even though we disagree with them. Is it easy to do? No, it's not easy to do, especially when you're making your own way and you don't need their help anymore. And, and you just look at them and say, you know what, I am my own person. Yes, you are. But even being your own person, being Christ-like, he submitted himself and surrendered himself to death on the cross. In our society, which is a, a, a society of entitlement, we have lost this thing called honor. We have lost this thing called respect. And we do it in the name of performance or lack of performance. You haven't done for me what you said you would do. You have done me wrong. And, and you know what? Everybody's going to do you wrong at some point in time. You're going to be done wrong. And guess what? More importantly, you're going to do people wrong. And whatever you sow, you reap. So what about if you start paying honor and respect to somebody who does you wrong? When, let me tell you, when you do somebody wrong, you have sown seeds to still receive their honor and respect. We are all flawed individuals. We are all uh, filled with, with sin and a sin nature that wants its own way all the time. I believe this is the reason God said love never fails. Love covers a multitude of sin. Honor those that have been put over you. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment, the first of ten commandments that ends with a promise. And this promise is this. If you honor your father and mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. We don't honor somebody because they agree with us. We don't honor someone because they do well to us. We honor because of their position. Now, please understand, and I'm going to go a little on a rabbit trail here. Some of you are miserable because you haven't learned honor. I sat down with a young man one time, 25 years old, and, and he had this history of going from job to job to job to job. And finally, one day, I, I don't usually like to get involved with other people's lives. And uh, I have five children grown of my own. I have four grandchildren, and, and uh, I don't get involved with my kids' lives unless they ask me to. They'll tell me what they're going to do, and, and I, my flares are going off in my head, and, and I'm thinking, I want to tell them not to. Instead, I say, well, honey, what, what, what do you think that's going to do for you? I don't tell them what to do, and what I do is I wait for them to ask me. And, and you know what I found? If you'll shut up, sometimes you'll get asked. And so I just don't say anything. But this one time, this young man, 25 years old, I could see that he was going down a pathway of destruction. And I sat down with him. I said, can I speak to you as a father, even though I'm not your father? I said, you are a gifted individual. You have an anointing on your life. But you, you have no honor and respect for authority. And I said, I, your skills, your talents, and your gifts, and your anointing will never go beyond your ability and willingness to honor and respect authority. Now, some of you are going to get a promotion in the months to come. Because you're going to go to work Monday and you're going to start giving honor and respect to your boss and your employer. 
You say, well, I work hard. Yeah, but you have a stinking attitude. Mm-hmm, it gets quiet up in here. I'm telling you, in a society, if you want to get ahead, if you really want to get ahead, this principle of honor and respect will take you a long way. Because for everyone, there, there are 20 people at your job that are just as talented and as skilled as you. And you say, well, who gets the promotion? I promise you the one who sows biblical principles will be the one who reaps a, bit, a biblical harvest. That's just extra. There's no charge for that. But we have lost respect. When you talk to your grown mother, how do you talk to her? When you talk to your grown father, how do you talk to him? That's what I thought. We all have those issues. Now, here's a mother's response to Mother's Day. So we had husband's response, child's response, mother's response. Mothers, you have a unique skill. Looking back on my life, I grew up in a very lower middle class family. We didn't have much. But as this morning, as I was sitting and praying and getting ready for today, I began to think back about my mom. and I look back at all the things I know now that she gave up so I could have what I needed. She made a lot of sacrifices, as did my dad. But I remember my mom, she didn't have much. When we put her into assisted living, I just went, my brothers and I went in, and I just got some things that would help me remember my mother, who I'll never have a chance to talk to again, have a conversation with again anyway. And I just look at those, and I think, I look at the little cheap watches my mother had. She never had any big diamonds. She never had any expensive watches. All the stuff that I inherited from my mother is just cheap costume jewelry. But every time I look at it, I keep it under my bed in a chest. And I pull it out and I look at it and I say, my mother made a lot of sacrifices. She didn't buy the things that she could have bought because I needed a baseball glove. I needed baseball cleats. I needed football cleats. And I know that my mother probably looked and thought, boy, I wish the day would come when I could buy myself a diamond ring. When I could buy myself something, the value to me. But she looked at me and she looked at my two brothers and I know many of the things that I had were the result of the things that my mother didn't have that she gave for me. In 1 Kings chapter 3, probably is one of the most powerful stories of a mother's love that you're going to find in the Bible. We talk about Mary, and rightfully so. When the angel approached Mary, a teenage girl, betrothed to be married, but not married, and an angel comes and tells her she's going to become pregnant by the Spirit of God. Now, in that day, it was not like today, in that day, that was a big, 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 big deal. You could be stoned to death. And the angel tells her she's going to become pregnant by the Spirit of God. What an incredible thing that Mary says, be it done unto me. When the angel spoke to her, according to your word, be it done unto me. She would become a mother by being obedient to the Father, Father God. But in this story, a very unique story, of a mother's love for her child. 1 Kings 3. Now don't get lost to this first verse. Because sometimes we judge people. By what they do. Not by who they are. And you are not what you do. You are who you are. And we all make mistakes. Now two prostitutes came to the king. 
and stood before him. One of them said, My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your servant was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by mine. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. It's the wisest king to ever live. The king said, this one says my son is alive and your son is dead, while that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living baby in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, please, my lord, Give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. You remember the king's response? The king said, The baby's hers. The one who said, I would rather have my child alive than not have my child at all. Moms, I would say that this is probably most of your hearts is that you would say, I just care about my child. Think about Jochebed, Moses' mother who had to put him in a tar basket and send him over to the Egyptians, little knowing that the reason for that was that one day, as we know, Moses would become one of the greatest deliverers in Bible history. Moms, dads, parents, we possess in our homes, in our hearts, a destiny that was deposited by God that we become responsible for. It's not our job to play the Holy Spirit. It's our job to introduce our children to the Holy Spirit. And mothers, young mothers, I know that most of what we do as parents, we feel like we do for the best of our children. But the best thing you can do for your child is to introduce them to Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Mothers, it's a hard job, but you can do it. I recall my father working 16 hours a day. I rarely saw him as a child. Sunday mornings, my mother would get up. She would get three little boys ready. And she would throw us in the back seat of our 62 Valiant. What car company would name a car a Valiant? And then put the shifter on buttons on the dash. It was embarrassing. My mother would sacrifice sleep and energy and time to take me and my brothers to church. My older brother and I strayed quite drastically off of that path for years. But my mother never gave up on us and never stopped praying for us. 
glad to say that both my older brother and I got born again in our 20s. And my little brother, we don't even know who his father is. He couldn't have come from the same parents as us. <laughs> he was pretty much a good guy his whole life. But we're all Christians today because of my mother. Moms, your influence far exceeds what you could ever imagine. And there are times I'm sure my mother would get up on Sunday morning saying, I'm just too tired. I don't want to drag you three boys to church. You don't want to go. I'm just going to trust God. You know what? God trusted her. And she fulfilled that promise to him. As she dedicated us to the Lord, she never gave up. She never gave out. She never gave in. Moms, I know sometimes you get tired. But you're called to train your children up in the way they should go when they're old and not depart from it. That's your call. And today I applaud you who are here, those of you watching online. I look at some of your children, and I, I, I tell you, Alicia, when I look at your boys, I, I know you guys, I, I just, I got to tell you how much I admire you. Your kids are unbelievable kids. There they are, right there. I love you guys, man. You're in my heart. I watch every Sunday, they're here, they're here, and I'm telling you, her boys are at the Genius Bar, and they're geniuses. And I know there are so many of you, but I, I, I tell you, when I look at your family, I, I just, I'm so thankful for you. Because I see these boys are going to be who God's called them to be. And you know what? I know a lot of you have kids like hers. I just, their, their family just stood out to me and just felt like you needed to be encouraged. You're pregnant. And God knows your hormones are all over the place. Feel good about yourself, honey. But to me, they're a model family. I didn't say perfect. I said they're a model family. And their boys are here serving God every Sunday with, with joyful attitudes and joyful hearts. And probably ought to start a small group after this baby. And... Uh, not before. But I'm grateful to those of you mothers who serve in our children's ministry. You know, sometimes mom drops their kids off and they say, man, you can have them. I want to challenge you mothers to be a part of your kid's spiritual life in the church and at home. And this is not an appeal for you to serve, but I believe it is a reason for you to serve. Let your children see you worshiping. Let them see you serving. And don't ever get so tired that you quit. You're going you're gonna to reap what you've sown. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be awesome. I love you, moms. Happy Mother's Day. God, I pray that this would be a special day. Not just a special day, but the beginning of many special days to come. As children and husbands honor Thanks for moms. 
Lord, help us. With our insufficiencies, our inadequacies to love our mothers, honor them, respect them. I want to do something. I want to ask you to get your phones out. Your mother may be seated next to you. She may be a thousand miles away. But I want you to text her right now. I want you to text her. And I want you, regardless of how you felt about her, some of you have not had contact with your mother in years. You've been angry, you've been bitter. Today, break it. Break it. I want you to text your mama. If you can't say anything but Happy Mother's Day, that'll mean the world to her. But I'd really like it. Even if you were neglected as a child, it'd be appropriate for you to text your mother and say, thank you for giving me life. Happy Mother's Day. If you feel the need, say, I forgive you for not being there. And I want you to know that I love you. Please do that right now. You may not know if you'll ever have this chance again. And I thought about this this morning. And realized I can't do this. My mother has no idea who I am. I wish I could text her one more time. You never know. Thank you. So don't wait until it's too late. And don't do it because she was perfect or good to you. Do it because she's your mama. She deserves it. She may have done a lot of things wrong, but you'll do a lot of things wrong too. She gave you the opportunity to have life. If she did nothing else, that's pretty special. And bitterness and unforgiveness will not hurt your mother. It will only hurt you. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go.